to Tarot Heroes Podcast. I am here this week to talk about the lover's card. And joining me this week is V from Red Light Readings. She is a tarot reader and you have a very wide online presence, I have to say. I'm so happy to have you on for your expertise today. So welcome. Thank you, Erin, so much for having me. This is, I'm completely honored and grateful to be sitting here to talk to you today about the lovers. Good. I'm glad. This is a very interesting card. It's, in my opinion, one of those cards that looks like, I mean, you can sort of take it as simple as you want to, the simplest meaning, but you Mm -hmm. can go pretty deep with this card. So absolutely. Yes. I'm excited to delve into that with you today. But first, can you let everybody know what is your involvement in the tarot world and what is red light readings? (laughs) So my involvement with the tarot world, it it switches, it jumps, it changes, but I guess to encapsulate all of it is I'm a lover of tarot. I'm a teacher of tarot. I'm a student of tarot. I love talking about it. I love uh, talking about the practical elements that we can find within the tarot deck, how we can see how it plays out in our life, how it can guide us, um, how we can pray with it and meditate with it, find out what we should have for dinner using tarot. So every (laughs) aspect, (laughs) you know, can be pulled into the tarot being a bit of guidance because all it is, is they're pictures and they really do just allow for our higher selves to speak to us. Right. So, I've been in the tarot world professionally for about, um, I want to say almost 10 years now. I read professionally almost 10 years, uh, but I started reading tarot way back in college. Uh, so somewhere in my 20s. And it's just over time. It's one of those things that I would play with and put down and play with and put down and just right. going through my own tarot journey of coming out of the tarot closet uh, to let people yeah. know that this is something that I love and want to talk about it and tell people about it and help people with Yeah. So in my 20s is kind of how I got on the scene of tarot. And then just over the years, kind of just pouring more and more into it until now you can't find me without a tarot deck. Right. It seems like a lot of people, once we dip our toes into it, then mm-hmm. we just we just fall in love with it. It's it's so fun mm-hmm. and fascinating, and yes. you can just keep it going forever. You can always find out more and do more with it. Yes, and expensive because I am also yeah. I love decks, so I have more <laughs> than my fair share. Um, <laughs> yes, that too. But with each deck, you know, there's there's usually variations of cards that bring out different keywords or different associations, and you just create your own sort of library of vocabulary based on the deck or, you know, how you're reading it. That is true also. Do you remember how you first came across tarot and what started it all? So I actually have to take you back a little bit before um, when I first found tarot. I've always been a strange child and I I grew up knowing things that I wasn't really supposed to know. Um, And the first mark of me being a little different, uh, I went to Catholic school and it was eighth grade field day. And they were like, bring board games. You know, we're going to play on the track all day outside. (laughs) And so I'm like, great. So I bring a Ouija board to (laughs) my wonderful Catholic school. And- (laughs) The nuns were not quite happy with my choice of no. board game, <laughs> but that's when I realized I that not. I was a little different because this is what I played at home. You know, this was fun for right. me at home. 
And so then just kind of fast forward, I've always been interested in, you know, the things that could not be explained or the mystery, the lessons behind things. And my first year coming home from college, a friend of mine that, you know, we grew up together, she was like, hey, I bought a tarot deck. And I'm like, well, what is that? And so she showed it to me and I was just like, oh, I got to get one of these. And from then on, it was like, love at first sight. I bought a Rider Waite Smith deck, you know, the standard Rider Waite Smith. And I me bought too. a book. And I that summer, I just spent like studying and going through the cards and buying more books to learn more things about what people were saying about tarot. And then I ended up taking it back to school with me. And then I started reading for the girls in the dorm and they would come back and like, oh my God, you're right. And I'm like, right about what? Because whatever I said, and even to this day, some of the things I say, I don't remember. And so that's how I started <laughs> to recognize that this is some channeling and this is above me in a lot of ways, you know? And um so yeah, that's how like the the segue into the tarot world. And um, over years, it got to the point where it's like, this is what I want to do. This is what I want to tell people more about or open it up to just beyond family and friends. And so I started going on Facebook and I'd say, hey, I'm practicing with my tarot deck. If anybody wants to send a question, you know, leave something in my inbox. You know, and I'd say the red light is on and people would flood my inbox. And then I'd say, okay, red light is off. So that's where my business, Red Light Readings, came from. Got it. <laughs> <laughs> so red means go. Red in this, yes. Red means go. <laughs> I get it. And then over time, it's just kind of evolved into the red lights in life, like the things that give us, I don't want to call it panic, but just kind of give us alarm. Like if there's anger, if there's frustration, if there's love, if there's passion, you know, we can find all of those answers through tarot. So those things that give you that pause or that red light, so to speak, it's like, okay, let's take it to the cars. Let's sit down. Let's talk about it. So I love that. That's great. And since this podcast is, it is for everybody, but it's actually geared toward those tarot newbies. Mm-hmm. Do you have any advice for those out there that are wanting to pick it up? Pick it up, pick it up and play with it. This is what I tell all of my students. And, you know, we've been taught that, you know, tarot is like this bit of reverence and it's sacred and it's all of those. And it's not to say that it's not, but I think that's also what kind of scares newbies away because they're just like, well, who am I to pick up something, you know, so magnificent, but it's just pick it up and play with it. Look at the pictures, describe what you see, talk, write down what you feel when you first look at a card, you know, um, really go through the senses within yourself about, you know, what's get stirred up in you when you're looking at cards. When you're watching TV, if you want to like, what's the outcome of the show? Shuffle and pull a card. It doesn't always have to be about what is my purpose? What is my goal in life? And it doesn't have to, it can be that, but it doesn't have to be, you know? We go to school and we learn in the beginning through play. Tarot is the exact same way. So the more that you play with it, the more that you get comfortable with it, the more that you build an understanding of it. And then it just kind of snowballs from there. That is so true. And have fun, like you said. Mm-hmm. Just Absolutely. pick it up and go. Mm-hmm. And it's easy to pick up. It's one of those things that just snowballs. I think you said that. Mm-hmm. Once you get started, it just it's just, all right, we're off and running. <laughs> We are off and running. That's right. The other thing for newbies, someone does not have to buy your first tarot deck. Oh, thank you for letting <laughs> us know that. That is such a myth. It is. You can buy your own deck. There are so many now on the market that um, really speak to 
various elements in people's lives, you know, with cats and dogs and baseball players and, you know, whatever calls to you, that is the deck for you. So by all means, buy your first tarot deck if no one has given you one. Also, it does not have to always be wrapped in silk and under your pillow and things of that nature either. To each his own. It can be that way if you choose, but it doesn't have to be. I throw mine, honestly, in (laughs) a crown royal bag because I love crown royal (laughs) and I will throw it in my purse. So I always have a deck on me no matter where I am. So I could be at the bar, I could be at the park, I could be wherever, but tarot is coming with me and it doesn't have to be so pristine all of the time because life isn't pristine all of the time. That's so true. I, I'm so glad that you cleared that up. Guys, mm-hmm. don't wait on someone to give one to you because honestly, you'll be waiting a long time. And mm-hmm. I was the same as you. I started with Rite Smith, the RWS, and mm-hmm. I learned that way. And I think I'm still an RWS girl at heart, even though I have all kinds of decks now, but I think that's a great one to start with. A lot of people don't connect with it though, which is understandable because it's like so old fashioned and absolutely everybody is like white and straight mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. it's there's so much more diversity now, but there's something for everybody. Absolutely. And I've been really impressed with the Rider Waite Smith clones. And for those that, you know, the newbies, Rider Waite Smith clones are modern versions, I guess you can say, of a Rider Wade Smith deck. So the pictures may be different in terms of character or things within the card itself, but it still kind of looks like the Arthur Rider Wade Smith. <laughs> the visual aspects are similar, so it doesn't divert too far away. They are really helpful, again, to learn with also. Mm-hmm. Well, are you ready to talk the lover's card? I am. I am. Okay, guys. Um, So while you are listening, what I want you to do, as always, I say this in every episode, grab your Rider-Waite-Smith deck or look up an image online. And I want you to look at this image of the Rider-Waite-Smith lover's card and sort of just focus on it and meditate on it while V talks about it. And I'm going to let you go ahead and get started and tell us what is the general meaning The lover's card, very generally, is a card of uh, relationship and choice. Very basic meanings of the lover's card. As you can see in the card itself, we have um, with the the original male and female that are standing. Um, There's an angel above them. There are trees in the background behind each of them. There's like this mountain in the background. There's a sun up above. And so with the lover's card, yes, we're talking about relationships. We're talking about like two people coming together with mutual attraction, mutual interests, um, but also being very different at the same time. Uh, We do have male and female in this card. Behind the female, we can see her tree is different from that behind the male. And the trees in themselves kind of signify their differences, but they can still come together as one to be a unit, just like in relationships that opposites attract type of thing. The angel above them, I believe, is Raphael. And it's this element of divine intervention, sort of bringing them together, kind of protecting the relationship, watching over their union, so to speak. The mountain 
in the background kind of talks about, you know, the highs and lows that happen or the obstacles that may happen within relationship itself or even in making choices. Yeah. So the lovers, that's really the basic, you know, pieces of the lovers card. There is a snake in the tree behind the woman. And we think this is the Garden of Eden. So the snake talks about temptation. So within every relationship or every union or every choice, there is this sneaky sense of temptation that can kind of pull you away from being compatible or sharing that space with another person or another entity. When I look at her tree, she has apples. So once again, like the Garden of Eden and, you know, biting the fruit, but the fruit in itself is talking about sustenance. It's something that grows just like, you know, women are able to give life, so to speak. Behind the man, we have like a fire in his tree that speaks to him being active, you know, and being, well, it looks like fire to me. So, uh, but being active. Yeah. Being active and kind of being an initiator for things to kind of rolling to get moving. So once again, very different energies that active and receptive types of energies that the two of these people bring into a union. Right. Yeah. And when I look at tarot cards, mm-hmm. another great advice for learners, when you look at a card, look at their eye line and look at what they are looking at. And you can mm. tell a lot about what their thoughts are. And anytime this card comes up for me in a reading for someone else, I always point that out. Like mm-hmm. notice how one person is focused on their partner. The other person has their eyes on higher things mm-hmm. or the heavens, maybe mm-hmm. greater, bigger things than the relationship. And mm-hmm. that is to me, that aspect of the lover's card really just takes on even more depth into the meaning because Sure, this card is about love and relationships, and it can be, but it's also about choices. Mm-hmm. And there's so much to that. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of one of those either or things. Like it depends on what the question was in the reading. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And I like that you brought that up because i that's one piece that I've never really paid too much attention to mm-hmm. is the eyeline. And, and that makes so much sense um, because when you said it, I'm looking at you know the male in this card and he's looking at her and males are usually visual creatures. So they're attracted to what they see first, you mm-hmm. know? And so with her looking up into at the angel, you know, hers is like you said, it's more of this higher level. Like what can we build? What can we create? What can we, with our union, what comes from us, you know? And so that is what attracts her, so to speak, to the union. Not always, but given mm-hmm. the eye line, that's what came to me in looking at that. And sometimes in readings, when this card has come up for other people, oftentimes it will mean, you you know, she's not interested in what he's interested right now. Mm. This card has only come up in heterosexual, cisgendered relationships for me. And so mm-hmm. it really rang true. She in the relationship was focused on more things mm-hmm. right now than just him, mm-hmm. you know, and just yeah. them being together. That makes total sense. And I've also read this card with it not being, so to speak, a two-person relationship. This can come up as, you know, merging the divine masculine and divine feminine within self, you know, doing that work so that you are complete, that you are whole, that you are still being protected and watched over, but having that sense of union of the two parts of you to bring about a better sense of connection or love that kind of springs forth from you. Mm, I never looked at it that way. Yeah. That's true too. That's a really great point. 
Because everybody's not in a relationship. And a lot of question is, well, when will I find a relationship? You know, when will I be in a relationship? And when I feel this, it's like, okay, then the work starts with you creating the relationship with yourself. Every relationship that we have is dictated by the relationship that you have with you. You know, so it's like getting yourself on board with all the parts of you that have the things that don't necessarily fit together. But right. finding that common balance or finding that that space in the middle and being able to exude that to actually bring in or attract someone that is compatible or complementary to you. Right. That reminds me of, I don't know if you've ever watched RuPaul's Drag Race, but RuPaul always says, if you can't love yourself, how the hell are you going to love somebody else? And Very the true. Same thing <laughs> you just said. <laughs> Very true. Every relationship you have stems from the one that you have with yourself. And so if that's sketchy at best, then everything that you're going to pull in is going to be sketchy at best. So sometimes it's best to back up and have this lover's card. And and just remember the divine love that you have inside of you. You know, we are all that balance of active and receptive. Some people are more active than they are receptive. So in relationships, then they don't know how to receive. You know, they that they struggle with asking for help. And then we have people that are more receptive, that don't have the initiative, that can't get out and get beyond themselves. So it's finding the balance between all of that within us, because then we bring in a partner that is compatible to what we have created as our energy. Well said. Very well put. (laughs) So what about reversed? What does this card say to you reversed? Honestly, reversals for me aren't necessarily the opposite of the meaning of the card. Um, They're more of the internal work that needs to be done. That's how I read reversals. Yeah. And so for you, a reversal of the lovers might Mm -hmm. mean internalizing what? Getting getting yourself together in that space of, you know, the divine masculine feminine, you know, making choices that are compatible or complementary to you in your life. That whole thing about alignment. So if you have this goal and you're doing everything that goes against getting closer to that goal, it's like you need to look at your choices. Do you really say, do you really want what you say that you want? Right. <laughs> because it's stemming from the inside, you know? But yeah, so when it comes at reverse, it's immediately like, okay, what do you need to tackle inside of you to change what's happening outside of you for a way that you would want it to be? Love that. So over time, have you developed your own unique take on this card, maybe away from the RWS love and choices? Do you have your own spin on it now, the more that you've built a relationship with this card? The thing that I, you know, when I see this, I call this my soulmate card. You know, there's purpose when this card comes up, especially if it comes up in a relationship. So whether, you know, you're in a relationship and things aren't that great, it's purpose for you to be in it. Soulmates, they come into our lives and the way that we feel about them is so intense in a lot of ways that it causes us to shift or change who we were before we met them. And honestly, that's the purpose, I believe, of a soulmate. People are like, oh my God, a soulmate is my life partner. Nope. Soulmates can become life partners based on the choices and the challenges that you guys go through within a relationship, but the two are not one in the same. So when I see a soul, when I see this card, I'm like, okay, this is the soulmate card. People are like, yes. And I'm like, okay, but let's slow down. Because there's going to be challenge because it's meant to make you and your partner better. Sometimes one person takes those lessons and they improve and they change. Sometimes that other partner doesn't move. And so then becomes the choice of do we stay together or do we let this thing go? No matter, I love this person, the choice, 
you know, if you guys can grow together, then yes, it, it can turn into a life partnership, but it's not always roses in this type of relationship. And then we all know hanging on to things, that's when it gets toxic and it just gets really, yes. uh, once yes. again, kind of that soulmate energy, right? <laughs> we only want to talk about the good side of it, I know. but yeah, the heavier side of soulmate energy is like obsession and like, I want this person and I need this person yes. and, and it, there's no break. There's no tie because there is intensity. You know, there is this. I need to be here, but there's no change. There's no evolution. There's no growth. So it's all just stagnant and just yucky, but you just can't break apart. So <laughs> You are so right. And people see this card and they get excited, like you mm -hmm. said, but a lot of people don't realize this is a really heavy card. Okay? Absolutely. Adam and Eve in the garden. This mm -hmm. is the first sin or whatever you want to call it. Yes. This yes. Is some major stuff. Mm -hmm. And I totally agree with what you said, especially something that's come across for me when I'm doing readings for other people is they want the love and the passion. Yeah. And don't forget the tree is on fire. Okay. <laughs> it's not <laughs> all beautiful yes. flowers and uh -huh. roses. Mm -hmm. And maybe not everybody wants that lover's type burning love. I mm -hmm. mean, me... I'm getting older and I want that two of cups, which if that, people are following along this podcast, we haven't gotten there yet, but you can look into that as well. You mm -hmm. know, maybe you want a good two of cups every day kind of love. Absolutely. And, um, you know, maybe not that lightning bolt of passion that the lovers <laughs> is here to bring. Yes, that and that lightning bolt of passion is why people continue to stay in some toxic relationships because it's this jolt or this fire or this intensity. And they're just like, I'll never find this with another person, you know, but everything has duality. So like, yes, we have the passion, we have the love, we have the sex even, but then what's on the other side of that? Like, how is it being nurtured or is it being nurtured? Sometimes it's not. And then we just create this roller coaster of it always has to have some kind of high. So either we're arguing right. or we're fighting or just to find the passion to stay in a thing mm. that it's time to let go of. So I have so much to say about that too much. I'm not going to get on that <laughs> soapbox since this is not a relationships podcast, but yes, uh -huh. I sign off on everything that you just said. Okay. <laughs> and can you give us a good example that maybe we can learn how to use this card in a reading? Can you give an example of a time that this has come up in a reading for yourself or for someone else? Yeah. I And it's funny because it's not even, quote unquote, a relationship with another person. So um, there was a woman that I was reading for and she was divorced, I believe. And the lover's card came up. And so I was asking her, like, are you in a relationship or the relationship end? And so she was telling me about the divorce. And I was like, well, are you ready for another? Their relationship. And she's like, oh no, I'm okay right now. I'm just kind of, I might not ever get married and that's fine by me. And I was like, okay. So with this lover's card, I was asking, what have you recently taken up that feels like love to you? Is there a hobby? Is there a book that you started to read? Is there, it just feels like there's something that is very complimentary. I like to use that word with this card to your energy right now that is feeding you, you know, that's pouring into you and you feel like you're pouring into it. And she took up knitting. And she was like, when I knit, she was like, I'm just the happiest in my life like ever been. And it's it's great because I'm learning, I'm creating things that I can give to family and friends. And so this lover's card actually just talked about the choice that she 
she made and the complimentary energy of taking up the hobby of knitting and feeling so complete within herself as she moved, you know, through the healing of divorce. So it had nothing to do with other people, so to speak, in that sense, but it was this connection. It was this union between her and something else that made her feel complete. Oh, I just got chills because I was just remembering what I said. I was just thinking about what I said earlier. Her mind was on higher things and mm-hmm. he might still be focused on her and mm-hmm. the yeah, 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 the yep. divorce, but she had a new passion. Exactly. And the word passion came to mind yes. when you were saying that. She had mm-hmm. a new hobby, a new passion. Mm-hmm. And that's really great. Mm-hmm. I definitely wouldn't have looked at it that way. But now I'm going to, I think I'm going to have that in my head now, like a passion, a new passion mm-hmm. with the lover's cord. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And and like I said, it's always coming back to this element of choice. You know, people, people have that in relationships. Oh my God, this person completes me. You know, they don't complete you. You want someone that compliments you Hopefully because you're a whole not, thing right. already. Yes. So the things that we choose to have in our lives are compliments. They make us better. They improve our standing. They improve our just well-being. They improve us. So with this card of the lovers and talking about complimentary people and things, looking at it as how does this thing improve me? How does this person improve me? How do they compliment me? I don't have to change necessarily. I don't have to be anything other than I am. Mm-hmm. But how do we fit? So That's perfect. More people need to hear that. <laughs> But I drew this card recently, like a week ago, and it's a little embarrassing. My mom does not listen to this podcast. I have another one about music she listens to, but (laughs) I'll tell this story because I know my mom's not listening. But Ethany, who was on the full episode, our very first episode, she does a tarot by the moon guide every year. And it's got a reading for every full moon and new moon. And a weekend or two ago, I was doing a reading for myself. And one of the questions was, how can I bring more spice into my life? Do you know I drew this card, but it wasn't just the lover's card, okay? I'm going to post this picture on Instagram. Um, and I'm just going to show it to UV. Look at this lover's card. They are oh. naked on the beach drinking wine. I mean, that is like, just just do that. That is your answer. <laughs> I know. It's so hilarious when I saw that. I was like, okay, well, I mean, yeah. they're not wrong. <laughs> The card is not wrong. That would spice things up for sure. Uh But it's so literal. And this deck is from, uh, it's called the Summer Holiday Tarot. And so everybody's on the beach in this deck. They're literally sharing wine under the sunset, totally Uh nude on this beach. And they've got a picnic. And Uh that just, when I saw that, I was like, okay, on to the next question. (laughs) There's nothing in depth to investigate about that. This is one of those times where you can look at it visually and just mm-hmm. move on and you don't have to study the meaning, you know? <laughs> like this would definitely add the spice. <laughs> yes. Okay, this is one of my favorite parts. I mm-hmm. want to know, you said that you love buying decks. So what are some great lover's cards that you've come across in your collection? Um, what I have pulled out, the This Might Hurt tarot deck, oh, Isabella right. Rotman. I love hers because it's it's updated, it's modern. And so this is her lovers. Love it. Ooh, passionate. Absolutely. They're hugging, they're naked still. Diversity, which I love finding decks that have, yes. you know, for me, African-American people in them. But 
you still have your angel, you'll still have your trees, although the trees are the same in this one. Um, but yes, they're in an embrace. Once again, the woman is still looking up at the angel. We can't see where the man's focus is, but like he's definitely hugging her, you mm -hmm. know, so he's like, I got what I want. And she's still looking at the angel of what are we creating from this? You know, what's the next space, you know, from here? So I love this deck and I love this card. I love that too. Just the the passion and the embrace in that picture. Mm -hmm. And then the other one that I pulled was the Super Lunaris Tarot. I've heard so many good things about this deck. It is so otherworldly in a lot of ways. And this one has a completely different spin on the lover's card. We still see the sense of duality with the light and the dark, um, with the moon and the sun. Um, we have two different colored hands. Um, there's still the snake here in the center with the temptation. But they're intertwined and the snakes that, you know, is, is intertwined, but there's like this little flower in the center. And it's still saying that even in the space of temptation, like they have it balanced and that this flower can kind of sit and grow without being knocked off center or off kilter. Everything has this element of balance within it in order for it to work. So I really like the, like the duality that this card of the lovers really portrays. And there's so much symbolism there too. Really mm -hmm. great card. Mm -hmm. I'll have to look at that. Yeah, this is a really, like I said, very cosmic-like. Um, and it says on the back, superlinearis means belonging to a higher world. Okay. So, yeah. That's great. Last but not least is the Modern Witch. Oh, yes. And this is a very, yeah. I think everybody has seen this one. <laughs> I almost brought this one as well. The Modern Witch Tarot is such a great deck for diversity and mm -hmm. modernity. And yep. this time they're both, oh no, look, his head's turned. He's still focused on her. Ah, uh-huh, uh-huh. she's looking up at the sky. Yeah, I just, this is my, because I, I usually don't read with my like original right away. Like all of mine are clones. I have like one right away deck, but the rest are clones. But this is like my go-to for, you know, traditional I guess you can say, right or wait. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I love the colors. I love the cardstock of this deck. I love the way it smells. I'm a very sensual individual with like taking it all in. So yeah, so this is another one of my favorites. Love that one. Well, for me, the lover's card is actually one of those cards where I really love the classic RWS card. There okay. aren't a lot of cards in the tarot like that where I just love the original. Mm -hmm. And another card that I love, another version of the lover's card that I love, guys, I talk about this deck so much. I I will diversify, I promise. It's the, <laughs> it's the Santa Muerte Tarot. I need to work on yes. diversifying my collection just for this podcast, but I can't help it. It's one of my fave decks. You've got it too, I see. <laughs> the interpretations on this are just wild and different and beautiful. But what I love about the Lover's Card in mm -hmm. Santa Muerte is that it's kind of like Dia de los Muertos themed and everybody's a skeleton. And in this card, the two of them have a metal lockbox that they're holding between them. It's in the shape of a heart. And mm -hmm. again, with the double meanings here, she is focused on the problem. She's staring at the lock and he's mm. more focused on the solution. And so gender doesn't necessarily have to matter here. One partner is more focused on the problem. One is more mm. focused on how to find a resolution. And if mm -hmm. the two of them would just communicate, they would be able to successfully unlock their hearts mm -hmm. together if they worked on it. 
And so I just love love this one so much. Mm -hmm. I love this deck, everybody. I'm I will talk continue to talk about it more, but (laughs) there you go. And then the summer holiday one I just mentioned with the wine on the beach. That one's cute too. Very cartoonish, but still. I'll be sure to put pictures up on my at Tarot Heroes Pod Instagram account so you guys can see all the ones that we just talked about. But here we go. So I have a little extension activity here for anybody if they want to get more in touch with their lover and the lover's card. There is a book. It's called Tarot and Tequila, and it's a cocktail for each card in the tarot. They are mostly tequila, but for the lovers, they are rum cocktails. And so they actually, for the lovers cocktail, I didn't make it. I didn't have a chance to make it before we recorded, but it's actually two cocktails. And it says to tie a simple red string to yours and your lover's wrist as a symbol of your connection, leaving enough slack to make the drinks together and at the same time. (laughs) That's Start cute. with a yeah, it is cute. Start with a kind declaration to each other, like a compliment. And the drink recipe is a ritual of labor and love in and of itself. The act of manifesting the drinks together will only make your relationship stronger. I will put the two cocktail recipes up on the episode notes, but they're both rum cocktails. They sound Mm. good. They're both strawberry Mm. rum cocktails. They're slightly different variations each and uh, just really cute and... There you go, guys. Make a cocktail with your with your love. Oh, and there's a twist for making it by yourself. I should read that. I gotta get this book. <laughs> it's really fun. It's really fun, but you gotta like tequila. Was surprised to see that this one is a rum cocktail. If you're drinking these alone, place the glasses side by side, a straw gently resting in each glass, and together all at once, drink to self-love and the possibility of new love to come. I love it. There you go. A little cocktail magic to tie in with the lover's card. It's time for a backwards tarot reading. And so on this podcast... You are going to be my tarot reader for a moment, and I'm your pretend client, but you will not have to shuffle anything. So the answer will be the lovers, and I'm going to draw a question out of this jar. Okay. This is gay. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, the answer will be the lovers. Let me reach down in there and grab a good question. Oh my goodness. Why does it always happen that I draw such a great fitting question from this jar? (laughs) The question is, what is the best way to handle the big argument I just had with my partner? Mm, All right. I feel like the first thing that needs to be recognized or witnessed is what brought the two of you together to start with? You know, what is the foundation of the relationship or the love that you guys have? Because when we get in a space of argument, we tend to focus on the argument, focus on who's wrong and all of the negative parts of what's going on in that moment. But sometimes taking a pause and going back to why are we together? What is the foundation? How did we get here? It allows you to kind of, I don't want to say douse or get rid of that fire or that anger, 
but to allow for grace and compassion to be had within the conversation that comes after the argument. Arguments happen. Once again, we have that mountain in the background. It doesn't mean that things are over. It doesn't mean that you guys can't get through them. But coming back to that space of compassion, um, finding that foundation is going to allow you guys to both work through the argument to get around the mountain to get to the other side. And also because this is a union that is divine in a lot of ways, it's been put together for purpose. It's looking at what am I supposed to learn or what are we to learn in this argument that we have? Where are we not seeing eye to eye? You know, where's the balance off within our relationship? And talking about those things in the follow-up conversation to once again, get us around or over the mountain, so. Beautiful. Isn't it funny that even though we did that backwards, the question was still fitting. Mm We've talked about the lover's card. Mm -hmm. We've talked about the challenges and the choices of that card and the positive side. But I want to talk about you a little bit more if that's okay. That is fine. Okay. So I know that you have your website, redlightreadings.com, but you sort of have a a presence everywhere. I believe you've got Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, Facebook. Facebook. Yeah. So tell everybody um, what's going on with you and where they can find you on the web and what they can look forward to you when they start following you. (laughs) Yes. So I am V and in the tarot world, I have coined myself the tarot BFF. And so all of my readings, people tell me number one, they feel like therapy, but it's just honestly sitting down and like talking to your best friend. There's no judgment. There is no, you know, whatever you bring to the table, we can talk about. I love having conversational readings where it's not just me telling you like, this is going to happen and this is going to happen and this is going to happen because stories are so much fuller. You know, people's lives are so much fuller than that. And we are all a participant in the story that is our life. So having conversation within a reading is very important to me. Yeah, I am always open for readings, uh, redlightreadings.com. All of my readings are kind of fashioned after drinks, like friends sit down and they have drinks when they talk. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so there's like the Claritini and the old fashioned and the sea Love breeze. It. And so all of the descriptions are there online. But yeah, I just really love to help people get from point A to point B. So sitting down and saying, I want to know what my future looks like. And my first question is always going to be, well, what do you want your future to look like? Because you are an active participant. And then we talk about the process or the adventure that can be taken to get to that point that you're wanting. Creating your life is so important to me and the way that I read and what I'm reading. So yeah, I just want to be a facilitator, a guide in a lot of ways and not just law, so to speak, or divine truth of this is what's going to happen. You know, things can change at the change of the wind, but if you are active in your life and taking the necessary steps and being aligned, and I can help give you that information of how to do that, you get to anywhere you want to go. And that is what fulfills me. That is what gives me joy and light. So I would love to read for anyone. Gosh, thank you so much for coming on. I've enjoyed talking to you. I've enjoyed learning about the lovers with you. And I hope that through this podcast, somebody can come across you and know that there's a tarot BFF out there they can reach out to if they really need some guidance. Absolutely. And thank you again, Erin, for having me on. Yeah, I am just honored. Oh, great. And so what? where exactly can they find you on the web? Pretty much everything is Red Light Reading. So Instagram is at Red Light Readings. Twitter, they wouldn't give me all of my letters. So it's at Red Light Reading gotcha. <laughs> on Twitter. <laughs> 
Instagram is Red Light Readings. Facebook is Red Light Readings. So it's all pretty much the same across all platforms. Thank you again. I have loved it. Loved talking to you. Pun intended. (laughs) (laughs) Well, thank you so much. And thank you, everybody, for listening. Bye. Thank you. Thank you. Bye.